that document makes you a citizen, and this one makes you a private in the spoiler army. Now get out there and serve your podcast. This is the Flix X-Raid Podcast, starting in 5, 4... Welcome to Flick Sex Raid. I'm your host, Plug Ugly Tony, and tonight I am joined by my co-host, a historically correct placement of a banana, Darcy. Hi. Uh, we're also joined by oddly specific glass eye, Brian. I wish I could say I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to see you guys, and by see you, I mean hear you all. Joining from us, uh, with, uh, joining us from afar. Wow, I'm struggling with words tonight. You are. Jesus Christ. Bad being back in school. We're also joined by the meat-headed shit-sack Ryan. Hola. I, I think I needed to put some more spice on that. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about Gangs of New York. But before we get into this, let's take a moment to get to know our guests. And the question of the night is, have you ever been in a brawl? We'll start off with uh, Brian. Um, I have not been in a brawl. I've been in a ballroom blitz. <laughs> okay <laughs> that's all that's all i got um, ryan there was, you there was a man in, a in the back and everyone attacked um it, it turned into a ballroom blitz um the girl in the corner was uh cameron diaz <laughs> <laughs> ryan a brawl uh yes but it was all with my imaginary friends so mm, so you lost huh yeah, they fucking sucker punched me. <laughs> you didn't see it coming. Yeah, exactly. That was me, but with my emotions. Darcy? Uh, only when I was playing lacrosse. Okay. Um, I always, like, I always hated whenever we played, like, the, the out-of-city teams. Because mm -hmm. they were always, they were just there to fight. They weren't there to play the game. And this one time we were out and some i can't remember which community it was but it was like half an hour outside of calgary and uh what they kept uh like back checking or just like targeting specific uh one of our like smaller guys because like he was like really fast so we usually gave him the ball and he would just duck and weave but like they would just target him constantly because he was the smallest guy on the team and it just broke out into a uh, a brawl and uh their coach let two extra players onto the field to fight while our coach was holding everybody else back uh i pulled a guy off my goalie when i was blindsided by those two extra guys they dragged me across the field and then proceeded to just punch my face into the artificial grass uh you could you could see the make of the dude's glove in my forehead damn yeah, it was not a pretty sight. Like, I was part of the brawl. I didn't do anything productive. Because, <laughs> like I said, 
I got oh, blindsided and dragged away from my team, so they couldn't really come and help me. Oh, that's just that's just dirty. Yeah, and the the worst part was there's my dad. My dad took me out there. <laughs> Your dad was the one in the brawl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the worst no. part is it was my dad beating on me. <laughs> no, yeah. like he he hated it because like he was like he couldn't do anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the worst part was he had to drop me off to my mom. <laughs> and she was waiting for me. Uh, was she pissed? Oh, yeah. She's like, she was standing outside as we pulled up. I got out. It was dark out. So she's like, hey, bud, how'd the game go? And then I got into the light. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And like, yeah, like it was so bad that I got the police escort out of the uh, out of the community. Jesus. Um, wow. And that's not including the time I almost died. That's not including the That's time. not including the is time I almost brawl? died. That is a different brawl. I wouldn't I don't, I don't know. I I don't know if it was a brawl or not, but basically there was uh another fight uh, a, uh like the next year. I think it was the next year. It might have been the same year. Um You were hitting the head a couple times, who knows. That too. But <laughs> um I got uh I checked some guy into the boards and there was like an offside call or something. So I backed up and was just ready to start just wailing on him. Uh, when I heard whistling in the background. So I stopped, turned and looked at, see which one of my dumbass teammates got into another fight. Cause this was the year we didn't win any games because everyone just kept getting to fights because they were a bunch of fucking hothead teenagers. Mm. Uh, and then when I turned around to, to see, to, just turning around back to the guy just going these guys are fucking dumbasses right uh the guy took the end of his stick and rammed it into my throat holy shit yeah and please then... tell me there's like some criminal charges on this or oh something. yeah That's like that dude brutal. was banned permanently for life um <laughs> that's it <laughs> I I like there was fines involved, a cr- like a police investigation, um, but that's all I could really recall from it because oh. I just got fucking rammed in the throat with a fucking lacrosse stick. So, so you went down. I went down. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and then there was a the time I took a lacrosse ball just straight to the forehead, Ooh. and but that doesn't sound like a brawl. That's a ball. Yes. But it was funny because, like, everyone, all the witnesses just see, because I'm a big, hefty guy. I've always been a big, hefty guy. So when when the when the ball hit my helmet, everyone just heard this crack and then me just slump to the floor. (laughs) Um, I was definitely in a brawl that looked the way that the movie started with this brawl (laughs) with people lining up. Um. And yelling taunts before running in lines at each other. Tony, you experienced that... a 10 FPS brawl? Um, did you say a 10 FPS, like frames per second? Yes. Yes. Everybody's a little bit, <laughs> everybody's a little bit slow. <clears throat> oh my god, that, that, that hurt. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, I was definitely in a brawl like that, and uh, that was weird. It was definitely one of those moments where afterwards I was like, that was a weird one. Yeah. You're just standing there, bodies all around you, police out echoing in the background. There's just Tony of the Hands in his pockets, just 
Well, that was weird. <laughs> Tony's walking around just all fiddle-dee-dee. Oh, no, I had to run from, because the cops were breaking it up. But once we stopped running, I was like, man, that was weird. Let's go get a pizza. Yeah. That solves everything. Mm. Or at least that's it what my inner does. fat child thinks. All right. With that, it takes us to uh, synopsis and starring. All right, Darcy, are you ready to give this your best Irish accent? The entire paragraph. I really don't want to do that. Why? Because they're going to be a unified country soon? Probably. And it's. They were quite mean to the people in, of Ireland in this movie. They're quite right. mean to everybody in this. Give it your That's best 19, 1800s New Yorker. Fuck. <laughs> Amsterdam Valiant is a. Oh, that was just. I don't even know what that was. <laughs> Whatever. Amsterdam Valiant is a young Irish immigrant released from prison. He returns to the five points seeking revenge against his father's killer, William Cutting, a powerful anti-immigrant gang leader. He knows that revenge can only be attained by infiltrating Cutting's inner circle. Amsterdam's journey becomes a fight for personal survival and to find a place for the Irish people in 1860s New York. This movie is directed by Martin Skorskiski. Scorsese. Scorsese? Scorsese. Uh, and is starring Daniel Day-Lewis as Bill the Butcher Cutting, Leonardo DiCaprio as Amsterdam Valiant, Cameron Diaz as Jenny Everdeen, Jim Broadbent as Boss Tweed, John C. Riley as Happy Jack, Henry Thomas as Johnny Sicaro, Brendan Gleeson as Walter Monk McGain, and Liam Neeson as the priest. Don't you mean Qui-Gon? Hey, hey, let's let Qui-Gons be Qui-Gons. Oh. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, it's yeah. time for us to play a game. Dun, 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 dun. I want to play a game. Oh. It's a game. A game specifically tailored for each participant. Let's have some fun. Yeah, let's have some fun. Ladies, start your enjeans. I'm having a blast. This is the most fun I've had without lubricant. So you played recently a game with drums. A game. So the game we're going to be playing tonight is Castmates for Leo uh, Leo DiCaprio movies. Leonardo. Leonardo. So the way this game works is we're going to give you a movie, and then I'm going to give you three actors. One actor is not in the movie, and you guys have to guess which actor is the fake. Which one was not in the film. So you guys get an idea of how this game works. We're going to do the movie we all just watched. Gangs of New York. Cameron Diaz. John C. Riley, or Tony Danza. Brian? Oh, man. I, I wish John C. Riley wasn't in this. <laughs> Tony Danza. <laughs> Ryan? Um, Keanu Reeves. <sighs> Correct, but not right. That's not the point we're just, looking for. Just because you're not wrong doesn't, doesn't mean you're, you're correct. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, zero points across the board. Now for real nice. points. Number one. Uh, number one is Shutter Island. Uh, was Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, castmates Josh Brolin 
Mark Ruffalo or Ben Kingsley? Ryan. Uh, ben Kingsley. Brian. What was the first one? Uh, Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin. Oh, man. It's horrible when I can't put a face to a name, but I'm going to go with Brolin. Thanos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, I was about to say uh, Judge Dredd, but that's <laughs> kind of... <laughs> that's Carl Urban. Was it Carl Urban? Yes. All yeah. right, well, then I'm just as bad or as you Sylvester are. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the original was Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, the original. was Car- Carl Urban. Was, ah, well, now I feel bad. <laughs> Goonies. I yeah, because don't you remember from the first one? <coughs> Sylvester Stallone looks like a Mondesante. I wish Sylvester Stallone kept the, kept the helmet on. All right, uh, Brian gets the point because Ben Kingsley is in Shutter Island, but Josh Brolin isn't. Uh, number two, the Man in the Iron Mask: John Malkovich, Hugh Laurie, or Antonio Banderas. Which one of these actors was not in the Man with the Iron Mask? Oh, geez, uh, Brian. I've seen that. I've seen that. I have not seen that one. So I want to keep my uh, views of Hugh Laurie high and say he was not in that movie. All right, Ryan. I believe Hugh Laurie was not in that. Well, unfortunately, Hugh Laurie was in that. Antonio Banderas was not. Oh, interesting. I'm more surprised at that. I thought Antonio Banderas was in that movie. <laughs> he might have been as a blow-up doll. All right, number three. All right, number three is The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. We have Gene Hackman, John Favreau, or Rob Reiner. Which one of those actors was not in The Wolf of Wall Street with Leonardo DiCaprio? Ryan. Rob Reiner. Brian. The Confidence. Uh, yeah, I haven't uh, seen this one in a long time. Um, um, let's go with Favreau, because I have no memory of, like, half that movie. All right, so both Rob Reiner and John Favreau are in The Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, shit. It's Gene awesome. Hackman. <laughs> All right, next up we have What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Who was not in this movie? John C. Riley, Crispin Clever. Sorry, Gilbert Grape was not in this movie. <laughs> it was a lie. Well, he was eaten. All right, the three <laughs> actors you have to choose from was are John C. Riley, Crispin Glover, or Adam Goldberg. Which one of these actors is not in this movie? Uh, let's go with Crispin. Crispin Glover. You got from it. Brian. Ryan. I'll say John C. Riley because I have not seen it. Well, both those <laughs> actors are in the movie. Adam Goldberg is not. You guys are really good at this game. I know. All right. Number five is Titanic. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, here we go. No, I'm already in the doghouse for this movie. <laughs> I've, I've refused to see it. <laughs> One of these characters is not like the others. We have Billy Zane, Glenn Close, and Kathy Bates. Which one of these actors... Oh is not in Titanic. Ryan. Ryan. I'll say Kathy Bates. Brian. I feel like Kathy Bates. Did they allow fat people on ships? <laughs> wow. Is <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> your final answer there, Brian? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Kathy Bates is in Titanic. You should take away what? a point. <laughs> yeah, they, they'd be tied 0-0. Zero, zero. I don't care. 
<laughs> was it Glenn, Glenn Close? Close? Glenn Close uh, is not in Titanic. I didn't think right, she was, but I was trying to think of where Kathy Bates would fit in in this movie. Um, She's in there. I can't remember exactly where, though. All right, next up, we have Catch Me If You Can. Which one of these actresses is not in Catch Me mm. If You Can? Amy Adams, Jennifer Garner, or Charlize Theron? Brian? I think Jennifer Garner was not in that. Ryan? I'll also say Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner was in Catch Me If You Can. Oh, my God. Because you guys said the same one, I'll give you another 50-50 shot. <laughs> Jennifer Garner or Charlize Theron? I'm going to go with Jennifer Garner. Uh, I'm you gonna said Jennifer Garner again. <laughs> Amy <laughs> Adams or Charlize yeah. Theron. That's what I was like, dear God. Um, Ryan, you, you take the first guess. Uh, I'll give you Charlize Theron. All right. Um, that means I, anything I, is dying. I don't recall if Amy Adams. I, I'm going to go with Amy Adams. Split the vote. Uh, congratulations, Ryan. It was actually Charlize Theron. I guess I'll give Ooh. Ryan a point. Yeah. Uh, now we're tied. 1-1. By the way, uh, Kathy Bates plays Margaret Brown. That means From the Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> I you think she's, just she's, one of the, the she's the old rich lady. Yes. Wait. Okay, so like... Can you guys that hear that? Yes. Ping, yeah, we can, can hear the dings. All right. Well, well Number... this is going about as stellar as this movie. <laughs> Number <Yeah>. seven. <laughs> Inception. Who does not belong? Kate Winslet, Kate Want- Ken Watanabe, or Tom Hardy? Ryan. I don't oh. think Kate Winslet was in that. I actually only remember... No, wait, sorry. Who was the other one? Uh, Kate Winslet, Ken Watanabe, and Tom Hardy. Yeah, I'll go with Kate Winslet. Brian. Yeah, I feel like Kate Winslet wasn't in it. Is that your final answer? It is say my I final feel. answer. Alright, yes. you guys both get a point, keeping us tied. Yay. Question eight. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> I love Who this was movie. not in this movie? John Leguizamo, Sarah Michelle Gellar, or Paul Rudd? Brian? <sighs> I mean, I know there was horses back then, but... Uh... What? <laughs> this is Romeo Sarah and Michelle Juliet. The... And no, you're thinking that's... of Sarah... Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Michelle Gellar's Buffy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um... Wow. First he makes fun of fat people. Now he just starts... Just because they got three three names. And first one, Sarah. There's just a horse lady, uh, huh? Wow. Yeah, Jr. All right. Pack. Who do you um, think it is? I think it was uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. All right. Ryan. I also think it was Sarah Michelle Gellar. You're both correct. Paul Rudd and John Leguizamo are both in Romeo and Juliet. So is this the Romeo and Juliet that, like, was... sword. Yeah, like, they, they're still... Hand me my long sword. Yeah, bro. they're still speaking in, like, the Shakespearean, but it was, like, in the 1990s or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I love was, that movie. That it was really so wild. Dope. And Tony, I think, um, I know at least I had to. Did you have to watch that for, like, Language Arts 10? Uh, yes, but I'd, I'd seen it before that. 
Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Because we had to so, watch that one, and then we had to watch the weird one with um, uh, Hugh Hefner's version with the uncomfortably naked witches. Okay, hold on. What? <laughs> Hamlet's the or Macbeth is the one with witches. Oh, Macbeth, that's the one I'm thinking. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> like, there's no witches in Romeo and Juliet. There's Faye. <laughs> that's so that's why going... I was like, I, I stopped for a second there. I was like, hold on, what? <laughs> All right. Number now nine. Now you're confusing plays. <laughs> yes. You guys are both correct. Number nine. Do you see what this movie did to me? <laughs> uh, we got The Aviator. Uh, who doesn't belong? John C. Riley, Nicole Kidman, or Gwen Stefani? Ryan. <laughs> I don't think John C. Riley was in that one. You're going to say John yeah. C. Riley? Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm going for the same John C. Riley. I think I remember that hair. Guess what, boys? John C. Riley's in that movie. You're wrong! Helmet? That movie is also extremely long. Nicole Kidman is not. Oh, oh. no. Wait, who's his, uh... Who's love interest, then? Not Nicole Kidman. Okay. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker? <laughs> All right. Number 10. The Revenant. Who was not in The Revenant with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Was it Tom Hardy, Dom Hilkelisen, or Rupert Gint? Brian. I'm going to go with Rupert. Ryan. I have not seen this, so I will also go Rupert. Congratulations. We're still tied. Final one. Uh... The Departed. The Departed. Say it right. Departed. 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 <laughs> uh, was it Alec Baldwin, Michael Douglas, or Martin Sheen? Ryan. Ooh. Um, Ryan says Martin yeah. Sheen. I am Ryan. I'm sorry. You guys are currently tied. Sheen. Yeah, I know. We might have to drag this out for our lack of knowledge of Leo. Well, you're both wrong. So, Wait. we're going to give it another... I'm going to give you guys another 50-50 shot. It's either Alec Baldwin or Michael Douglas. Ryan. Alec Baldwin. Brian. All right, I want to get this over with, so Michael Douglas. Congratulations! Congratulations. <laughs> Brian, you win! <laughs> Sweet. You won the coin toss. That's pretty All much right. it. <laughs> You know what? Fuck it. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> done of your movie. shit. All right. Two words to describe this movie. Brian, you're starting us. Fuck that. <laughs> wow. That's it. Those are my other words. Yep. Ryan. <laughs> uh, it was um, very formulaic. That is really good. And that kind of justifies our off-microphone conversation we just had. I, I can mm. understand that. <laughs> I mean, it's still on mic. Yes, it is on mic. Or really just... what? Formulaic. Formulaic. Darcy? Historically accurate? Somewhat? Touche. While this is also a good and bad thing, <clears throat> Tony, this is a hyperbole, but this is how I feel. Eighteen acts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
if so the only thing that i was if um the priest had talked to his son via him being dead it would be basically hamlet see that would have been cooler yeah. i'm actually really pissed off with the third what they cl- like have as the third act for this right but we'll get to that and i love i love that intro fight scene mm. but i yes. wanted to see the build up to that well didn't yeah. that like, intro a... fight scene feel like we just walked into like the axe gang <laughs> yeah like, a little bit the music to go and yeah and what shitty gang names <sighs> fear us right. we're the dead rabbits Dead, Ra- Dead Rabbits is this, but some of the other ones were like, what was it, like Hillbilly Junkies or some stupid thing? It's like, what are you guys? We're the Shirt Tails. Okay. Are they plumbers? That's... Yeah, right? Like Or tailors? <laughs> like, what the and... fuck is that? Well, it's... Like, well, they... We're those stupid shirts. Yeah. The I mean, it was time. probably also like a, an identification marker as well. Like... I obviously have no idea, like, how the gangs were started in any case, but Dead Rabbits sounds like, to me, it was a gang in Ireland, and when they came over, whatever tradition they had with Dead Rabbits probably carried over, like, maybe you had to, maybe it started as a poverty thing where in order to be part of this group gang, whatever you had to bring in a rabbit for everyone to eat. And maybe the, the pelt was kind of like a trophy of status. You are part of the part of the gang. Okay. But with like, and then as things continued out, uh, or like dilute diluted, Throughout, we had gangs like the Shirt Tails, where they wore a specific shirt. shirt. Um, the Plug Uglies. They're just, just fucking ugly. ugly. <laughs> I mean, that's a gr- that's a group that took in people. Like, you, yeah, you're too you... ugly for every other gang, so you can join ours. I mean, that's kind of like. That's realistically how gangs work. That they people are either shunned from actual family or can't find acceptable work because a maybe they're too ugly. They're you know the wrong <laughs> skin color. They're the wrong ethnicity. They have the the they worship the wrong god. So they find other like-minded people that gives them security and a home basically. Yeah, that that's true. At this point, uh, keep in mind, like things like the mafia were established because they were usually for protre- protection, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which is why it's funny when we get to see uh, John C. Riley became a cop in the sixteen years, like, and a and le- uh, well, a normal cop, very corrupt. Um, but it's actually pretty interesting that that that's his development right mm-hmm. is that he became a cop um because essentially that's what they did that's what they were they were the police for the area making sure that businesses were safe from crime and stuff like that so i get it but i would have loved to see more about like 
the gangs and how that worked than Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Like, I just didn't give a fuck about Amsterdam. Mm. Right? Did you feel like, like you're just kind of thrown into Afro Samurai? You know, <laughs> he's just trying to get revenge for the death of his father. I mean, well, that's that's, like, that's a that, that's a motivation, but like in a lot of different medias is revenge of the father or revenge for the father. And you know what is really fucking shitty? Uh, You know what I would have loved to have seen and it didn't happen. So I'm really disappointed is like, he starts getting close to, um, Bill butcher. I forgot his name. Thank you, Bill. Um, he gets close to butcher and Butcher explains to him about, like, it's the only man he's ever, like, remembered killing and all this stuff. And the way he talks about, like, his father uh, and the fact that he honors him every year, like, the honors the death of the man that he killed. Like, honestly, the fact of the matter that he still tried to kill Butcher, it, it's disappointing. Because mm. it's yeah, like... I think, it, I think it was the flip of that personality, right? Like, where it's he was starting to warm up to him and there were plenty of points where either side could have said, look, it's different. And no, they stuck to their roots. But like, this also kind of boils down to, you know, he got the, so many people died during that final gang fight while that did unify, you know, black and, the Irish kind of into one group for safety and security, a lot of people died or would have died in that gang fight. Cause like there was a lot of people there. Obviously the, you, the, the union military coming into basically clean house happened independently of the gang fight so a lot of people died regardless, but a lot of people would have died regardless. Yeah, like it, it's they were keeping a history because that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing weird research while we were talking because uh, I was like, what's the five points? I've never heard of this as in New York. You also this. saw a banana in a, in a shot and you're like, were bananas a thing back then? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to the banana thing because it's kind of <laughs> bananas. Bananas? Yes, bananas. Um, but anyway, I was looking into it, and the five uh, the five point is actually built on a filled-in lake. So there's those shots of like an old brewery and stuff that they're all in, but it's a decrepit brewery. Uh, and the reason it's decrepit is on Manhattan Island, the only uh, fresh water source for years was this play- this pond. It's actually an inland lake, but they called it a pond. Um, I now don't remember the name of the pond, and I'm too lazy to go look it up while we're talking. Um, but anyway, uh, so it's why it was built up in that area, because the fresh water attracted industry. But the industries polluted the water so much so that it became so toxic, they had to fill it in. And then they were left with all these in- businesses that surround a filled-in lake. And it wasn't like a small thing either. It was like, um, it's like a 60 foot, it was a 60 foot deep lake that was like uh, apparently a couple acres in size. And so it's like, it's not a small thing that they just completely polluted the point of unusable, unusability and filled it in. And I was like, wow, that's very American. 
So what you're saying is that they didn't have to get a barge. All they had to do was just dig a moat back to the original lake, and technically then the warehouse would have been offshore. Yes. Yes, it would have. That would have been a big moat, though. That would have been really funny if just, like, you know, they did the same thing with the barge. It's like, okay, we're just going to, like, block you in and drain out the water. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, that's that's what that area was. And it doesn't exist today because of the bombing. Mm. Oh, wow. Or, or the the uh, barrage it just obliterated that area. Wild. Anyway, that was that's what I uh, was learning. And then I learned about bananas. And then we learned that. There were indeed bananas in New York in 1863. Yes. Interesting. Because the fact that uh, there was actually a huge banana trade. um, And it was quite a popular thing because of the Caribbean. And Cuba. uh, Actually, it was more common at that time to see red bananas than it would have been to see yellow. Mm. Things Tony learned today. Do, 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 do. <laughs> when you're paying more attention to a banana in a scene than the actual movie, you know. Well, he was just like, <laughs> "Was there a banana?" Because it was the scene with like the play where we had the guy dressed as Abraham Lincoln hanging from the ceiling. That was and the then... greatest scene of this movie, I gotta say. Just the, let me down, please. <laughs> While there was an assassination attempt. Yeah, yeah, and then as they're cutting away, he's still hanging up there, flailing. <laughs> right. Guys, help. Guys. <laughs> that scene was interesting because I kind of like when he saved the... Like, this is what I mean about... This This movie is about people not growing. Mm-hmm. That Like, that's the theme. Is no one grows. And, like... I, I don't know if that's intentional. But I feel like every single character in this does not grow and stays completely stagnant. I don't and know, I think that's why it's... Uh... Doesn't I think Cameron that Diaz is the point. Change a little bit. Sorry, mature. Doesn't Cameron Diaz uh, mature a bit? I think she just wants to get out. I yeah. wouldn't say she has really any character development. Well, no. In fact, but... I'd say her character slips backwards. The fact of the matter that she's going for this guy who's like completely an asshole to her. This is true. Yeah. You know, like she's a very strong, independent woman, and suddenly she's fawning over this asshole. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, pretty big cop out. Like, but like, I think Tony has the right of it for like theming where anger and prejudice is stagnant. Anger and, just leads to fear, leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. It's like this weird cycle. But like, it takes you straight to the dark side. <laughs> but Leonardo. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he could have left and lived a life after he got out of that boarding school or whatever. Orphanage Asylum? Yeah, Orphanage Asylum. But he didn't. He held on to an idea of revenge that, while it didn't ultimately kill him, as he was still alive at the end of the movie, um, didn't really solve anything. Yeah. But he was committed at that point, right? You know, He was right very committed. Right, would turn to a point where all of a sudden he can have a discussion and and have an election around. It's like, dude, just just walk away, <laughs> just walk <Yeah>. away. <laughs> but and then at the same time, Bill refused to change. Both of them didn't change. Well, like he, like yeah, he held on to this 
ideology that ultimately i mean it didn't that specifically didn't lead to his death yeah the the deaths during the final climax happened completely independently to the rising plot yeah between these characters it feels like just a big fucking wink to nothing oh man i've done that i mean what (laughs) (laughs) but like it just his death, right? The fact that it's like, okay, you know, here you're thinking it's going to be a vengeful thing. And then all of a sudden, um, what's his name here? You know, Bill is back to like, I want to hold your hand while I die. It's like, you know, like coming to terms with it or something like that. I'm like, but Leo learned nothing. <laughs> there, like there was no lessons learned. No. Other than hate will just... <laughs> This movie is perpetuating rivalries. Yeah. Unhelpfully. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, it's... Like, it is... Sorry. And daddy issues. Well, and it's like rivalries from country... Like, he even said, like... um, I can't remember his name. The the barber. Uh, Oh. He's like, you know, this hatred is... Yeah, this hatred is... And this war has been fought long from the old country and it's not that it it didn't follow us here it was waiting on the shore when we arrived right like and that is literally what this i think this the movie is about it is perpetuating hatred for the simple fact that people are different right mm-hmm. um you know and like the whole thing is like right from the beginning they're like you're not native americans and it's like well um, native american quotation mark yeah well and that's but that's that's how they see it right is they're the americans that came to this country and died and fought for its freedom right so they're the rightful people and it's the irish are the scapegoats of you know um well yeah the the taking in in, right yeah so you take your jab you're taking your jobs and your money and you know all that stuff and they're and then like on the because this uh, this also takes place during uh, the Civil War, where Lincoln had just announced the uh, the emancipation yeah. and the draft and the draft. Well, and that was an interesting thing that I actually was more interested in this movie, and I wish they would have gone more into it. Is that the people in New York didn't care? Like literally, they were like, "This is not our war. This is a war with the South, right?" Like. Um, they, they weren't, they were like, we don't have slaves. Like, this is not our fight. Right. Like, you know, and then they were blaming the black people for being conscripted, um, to fight in this war. They didn't want to in the South, right. The rich people's war. So it was, it was kind of an interesting angle of like the Irish were fighting, were getting conscripted for a war for the rich people so that the rich people couldn't have could or couldn't have slaves it was kind of an interesting dynamic on and i wish they kind of would have covered more of that because like the irish hated the black people for well i'm sure many reasons but that was one of the things was is like why are we fighting this war like we are not a part of this we just got but, off the boat like yeah yes it would have been nice to explore that a little bit more but this wasn't a story about that that was just the current events happening around this story that was specifically tied around amsterdam because this was his story and that's the thing that i don't understand right is apart from you know making it very clear what the actual time like when this was occurring was 
Uh, the war didn't really even need to be mentioned. It didn't it didn't really play any factor in the story because they didn't all come together with a unified voice or anything like that as a result well, of the war. That was the reason for the riot at the end. Right? Yeah, but but because it played such a small role in the rest of the movie, it didn't really I don't know, it just it just felt like another adder in there just to kinda distract us from a rather slowly uh, paced plot, you know? But like, yes and no, because this was that was the time because of all of a sudden there was like a riot all of a sudden. And then the, you know, the Union military came in. Everybody would be like, what, wh- why are these people here? What the fuck's going on? But like, as the story progressed, we learned more and more about the draft and the volunteers and all that stuff. So we so we as an audience can understand where this riot was coming from and why the the union military was called in and why soldiers were gunning down civilians in the street and why galleys were opening fire with cannons onto new into new york i guess well, and also I, like I, the gangs were also like safety from the recruitment right yes that's what I got the impression was, is like, if you didn't want to go fight in this war, the only way to make money and get food was to join a gang because the gangs were going to help you out. Yeah, well, they did focus on, what was it, the $300 to buy your way out of uh, yeah. being drafted. But, you know, like, it's one of those things where if, I don't know, maybe if I could rewrite this, God forbid, um, the actual ending would be more that, uh, you know, both uh, both uh, Amsterdam and Bill would be conscript you know they would be uh conscript or whatever right they would be sent off to war like it's you know it would just it would just change the dynamic because at the end did it really impact amsterdam in any way i don't think so no and then he traveled to california apparently so you know i think uh an interesting take on what brian was saying it would completely change the movie into like a pro-war bullshittery would be half the movie would be them being gangs in New York and then the other half of the movie would be them conscripted fighting the civil war and then during some kind of fucking battle they have like a brothers in arms kind of bullshit and that glorifies war in general yeah, that's weird. That'd be a different film entirely. That would be a different film entirely. Well, it's, either it's that or that, yeah, or and or uh, uh, Amsterdam would just be buying his time so he can stab him in the lungs or something. Yeah, just dying in a ditch from All the right. fire, just screaming, "Help me, help me!" And Amsterdam's just like, "Ha!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's time for us to play game number two. Hooray! Uh, uh, it's time for us to play The Price Is Right. The Price Is Wrong, bitch. Show me the money. Show me the money! Now you've had enough. So the way this game works, I'm going to put emphasis on this because uh, I've had an issue recently. Did you? Yeah. Uh, The co-host forgot how the game works. Co-host forgot (laughs) how the game works. Yes, the co-host forgot how the game works. So why do you have co-hosts then? Clearly that's the fault. Don't have co-hosts. All right, so the way this game works 
is me and Darcy have a bunch of numeric categories in front of us. You guys are going to try and guess them prices right rules. That means closest without going over gets the point. If you guys get a bang on, it's worth double points. And if you guys are both over, we don't tell you the answer. <laughs> we make you guys continue on the same category, but we change who goes first. Okay, so, so it wasn't as catastrophic as the guy on the Price is Right who just, like, exposed his own score and took the car. <laughs> no. Okay, All well, right. that's not horrible. So. Look, I'm not going to expose myself to get a car. Again. I mean, I would, okay. but to each their own, I guess. Trust me, it wouldn't get me a car. Oh, wait, <laughs> you weren't on that episode. Never mind. Um, <laughs> all right, so here we go. We're going to start off with Brian, because he technically kind of won the first game. <laughs> technically, kind of. Uh, so, Brian, what do you think the budget for this movie is in millions, not thousands? Oh, geez, and this was 2002, so... Sorry, budget in millions, yes? Millions. Indeed. Okay. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with um, 50 million. 51? Five zero. Oh, five zero. Sorry. I actually burped in the middle of your uh, your thing there, and I didn't hear the last part. <laughs> I was it a budget. Five zero million. Five zero million. Ryan. Uh, 63. 63. Darcy, do we have points? We do have points. Ryan with 63 when the actual budget is 100 million. 100 oh, million? 100 million. Alright, so the next category, it's domestic box office. Ryan, you're starting us off. What do you think the domestic box office for this movie was? I think this would do well. I'm going to go 125. One, two, five. Brian. And this is over the entire domestic release, right? This is the entire domestic. Uh, one, six, zero million. One, six, zero, and one, two, five? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Darcy, points? Nope. Both no over. points. Lower Both than one, over. two, five. Brian, continuing same category. Less than 125 million. Oh, yikes. Okay. So if I, uh... I barely broke even. Then. Uh, let's go with 87 million. 87 million from Brian. Ryan? I'm going to go with 83. 83 from Ryan. Darcy, do we have them sweet points? Try again. No oh. sweet points yet. Less than 83. Ryan? 67. 67. Brian? Oh, this is just this is just pain and suffering. So, uh, $1, Bob. <laughs> One dollar? One dollar? One dollar. All right, do we have a point? We do have a point. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but it's not you. No. It's Ryan. What's actual, Darcy? Uh, actual is 77,812,000. Just, okay. Just there, zeros. Well, there's usually another number after that. Yeah, yeah I know, but it, for some reason it was like zeros. All right. Um, so, yeah, Martin Scorsese, the one who's famously known for saying that, like, he makes art films, mm-hmm. you know, and Marvel movies aren't art. That's the money he's bringing in. Uh, next up, we have foreign box office. So, uh, Brian, you're starting off this category. What do you think foreign box office for this uh, movie is? I don't think anyone internationally gave a shit about New York. 40 million. 4 0. Yeah. Ryan? Uh, 62 million. 
62. Do we have a point, Darcy? We do have a point. And Brian, you are woefully wrong. Oh, the really? foreign box office is 115 million dollars So huh. that means uh, this movie actually has a net profit of $93 million. Um, But Ryan is currently winning 3 to nothing <laughs> in this game. We're on to our next category, uh, opening weekend. So uh, knowing its total domestic is 77.8, how much of that is opening weekend Ryan? 36. 36. Brian. I'm going to go with uh, 42. 42. Do we have points? We do not have points. No, you guys both blew way over wow. that. Wow. Jeez. All right. Is it, Could, is it try, try going smaller. It's in millions, not thousands. Okay. okay. Ryan. Or Brian, you're starting now. All right. What, what was Ryan's... Uh, what was our lowest last time? 30-something. I forgot. All right, I'm gonna go with the uh, oldest age uh, uh, of the woman that uh, Leo will date. Twenty-five million. <laughs> Twenty-five from uh, Brian. No, that's the highest he'll date. Oh yes, that's true. Highest, highest. I will chill. go. I will go with the lowest, which is hopefully eighteen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh no. Using the Leo dating uh, age range, Actually, right? Yeah. With <laughs> as a tolerance of six. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, you're both over. Try again. Oof, man. Yeah, less than 18. All right, oh, geez, so we're, we're going, going into, into the uh, Trumpetory. Dean King? Or I was going to say Dean King areas. <laughs> Sorry? Oh, he's he's known his current wife for years, and she's only like 23. Oh, dear. Um. Okay, so opening weekend. Uh, Ryan, we're trying this for a third time. Okay, so I said 18, so I'm going to go with 6. 6 from Ryan. Brian? I'm going to go with uh, the age Leo looks in every movie, uh, 9 million. 9 million. Darcy, do we have points yet? We do have points. Yeah. We do? We do. It's up to you if you want to make that a double, though. Well, I only normally tell them millions, not thousands. That is very true. So that means somebody's got double points. It's true. Who got double points there, Darcy? Brian! Congratulations oh. on your double points. Our so, opening weekend was 9100000 So, like, only like 12% of its earnings were opening weekend? That's brutal. Uh, it opened in 1,500 theaters in December of 2002. Okay, you, actually, you know what? Because, uh, Tony, you know I asked this question, and I know you don't have the answer ready. What did it open up against? Because 2002 was like Lord of the Rings and The Matrix and all that stuff around that time, so I feel like there was something really big at the time it was competing with. Christmas I mean, there's also a Scorsese a film, so it was like three hours when everything was starting to like go under. It's funny, actually. Um, Tony probably knows the story here, but back when I worked at the movie theaters, um, I think it was like Mystery Men was the first movie that like used up the entire platter uh, from the old... Um, the old projectors and i can't recall how many reels this movie because i think the platters maxed out at three hours of runtime in the film size and so this was like one of those ones that was getting like right up to the lip with all the trailers mm. i wasn't working in the theaters at that time but uh i did hear stories from some of the guys all right well i looked this up let's go to the next category it's time for <laughs> ratings totten romato's rating uh i don't remember where we're at brian you're starting us off uh i'm gonna go with uh 69 percent 
69? Nice. 69. All right, Ryan. 72. 72. Uh-oh. Somebody got double points. Who was it? Darcy? It was Ryan this time. 72 Yay. on the dot for the critic ratings. Yay, toast. Yay, toast. All right, Ryan, you're also starting us off for the audience rating. 86. 86. Brian. I go with the 75. 75. We have points. No more double points, though, but Brian gets it. Oh. Uh, actual audience rating is 81. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. Next category, we have IMDb rating. I've actually lost my faith in IMDb ratings. Uh, it is a... I will take a percentage here because I'm tired of figuring it out. Uh, what is the percentage I on IMDb? Uh, Ryan starting us yes. now? Yes. No. Brian starting Brian's us right. Brian's right. is starting us off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's go with uh, 73%. 73 from Brian. Ryan. 64. 64. Do we have a point there? We do have a point. Brian with another point. That actual rating is 75. Wow, excellent. All right, well, we have one last category. Ryan is up by a single point. He is starting us off. What is the Metacritic score? <laughs> Ryan. 68. Sorry, 68 from Ryan. Yeah. All right, um, Brian, you need to get you need to beat Ryan here by 2 points. You got to get this bang on. Fuck One to tie, Ryan. two to 69. win. 69. He goes for a Hail Mary. Nice. Nice. Unfortunately, it's not enough. No. He will merely tie this game. Well, 69 will get you the point. We yeah. needed a 72 for a double. Oh. But no, I've lost faith in IMDb because they've started... Uh, oh, oh, the Lord of the Rings yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, that started really... up. That upset me, and then apparently Rotten Tomatoes was doing the same thing too. And it's like, really? Uh, and that's that is for like its own little micro series. I think we have to do. <laughs> I mean, I generally don't like critics' ratings at all. Mm hmm. Because they're usually like stuffy old white guys that just don't. Just because it doesn't. I don't find them to be stuffy old white guys. I usually find them to be a group of like. Usually three to four chubby white guys, most of which with beards. Mm. Mm. They're they are stuffed with fluff. <laughs> but like, just because the movie doesn't make sense to them, makes it a bad movie. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, speaking of Lord of the Rings, Ron, uh, Br uh, Brian, Brabba, one of the two guys whose names end in Brian, Brian's, uh, Brian was actually correct. Uh, this shared an opening weekend with the two towers. Ooh, oh, that was like their that was like their biggest one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, however, yes, yeah. its opening weekend it was only fourth highest in the box office. Two towers being number one. Um, two weeks notice. I don't know if you remember that rom com. No, it, it rings a bell. I remember that one. Sandra Bullock. Uh, mm. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's Sandra Bullock. Off the top of my head, I didn't actually look it up. Yes. Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock uh, came ahead of, in its third week, Made in Manhattan. Wow. Which oh. beat out Gangs of New York. <laughs> wow. Huh. So, yeah, that was uh, 
that's how well Martin Scorsese's uh, name brings to the off- box office. I mean, admittedly, with, with <coughs> the two towers out there, you know, I can't imagine Christmas movies. Everyone's like, let's go watch a gang movie. They'll be like, yeah, let's go, let's go watch some tree beards. Christmas tree beards. Thank mm, you Christmas. very much. Yes. Boo earns. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, me and Darcy were talking about this. Um, Daniel Day Lewis actually tried to retire before this film, oh, really? and had part and had retired to uh, Florence, Italy. To become a cobbler. Yeah, to make shoes. Uh, oh, when he you, got dragged back into this. Becoming a peach cobbler. N- no, he didn't become a fucking pie, chubby boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can I get that on a t-shirt? Can that be a t-shirt now? He didn't turn into a fucking pie, you chubby boy. <laughs> Brian's in her back kitchen. You're just gonna you're just gonna get a photo of me and caricature of me on like the Velociraptor. <laughs> Did Martin Scorsese uh, become up? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So what pulled him out <clears throat> of being a fucking cherry cobbler? Mm. <laughs> on the Italian countryside. Listen here, chubby boy. <laughs> Listen here, chubby boy. You didn't become a fucking pie. <laughs> what's what's more offensive? What's more offensive? Listen here, fuckface, or listen here, chub boy. <laughs> listen here, chub rub. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so it was a uh, uh, a combination effort between Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately Harvey Weinstein. Uh, that managed to pull Daniel Day-Lewis out of fixing shoes in the Italian countryside to become Bill the Butcher in And this film movie. in the Italian countryside, a movie about New York. <laughs> was it filmed in the Ita- in Italy? Yeah, it was filmed in Italy. Oh, wow. uh, actually, it's one of those things because Daniel Day-Lewis is famously known for going like fucking nuts while doing this. Yeah. So during the six-month shoot of this movie... He it was did- only shot in six months? Most movies are shot in last time. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, post that co- is where a lot of it. That's is true, work, especially. So, uh, yeah, six months to shoot this. He didn't break his uh, New York character the entire fucking six months, uh, down to the point where it was so cold. But he refused to wear anything that wasn't his character that his character wouldn't wear. Um, that he was getting pneumonia because oh, it wasn't like, enough layers for how cold it was. I like. I get method acting. Sometimes method acting works really well, but when some people just take it way too far, that becomes concerning. Yeah, there was like, oh, there was one movie like I was Morbid reading. Time. <laughs> That's more. <laughs> I'm I'm one of the only people I know who's seen that movie. <laughs> How much do you regret it? So much. Like you can't physically get that time back, and never will. I was it's... stoned while watching <laughs> you know it, what? and I was miserable. <laughs> it's funny that I'm just thinking in Gangs of New York, Daniel Day Lewis is claims to be a Native American, and also the same character in Last of the Mohicans claims to be a Native American. Hey, he just shot it all in concurrently in like one weekend. <laughs> just yeah. to keep the character going. But you know what? He was spectacular in this. I maybe I'm biased. I thought he was great. Oh, he was yeah, he did a great job. Oh yeah, job. he was I love he was him. the best part of this movie. Oh yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad. By far. Okay, 
Yeah, he was still. I, I think actually everyone else was so bad in this movie by comparison. Yeah, it, but like uh, everyone, like everyone played the rules decently well. But compared to Down and Lewis, this was just like Shakespeare in a kindergarten di- presentation I, of the well, last. Well, I think John C. Riley was exactly John C. Riley. Well, yeah. okay, was this before John C. Riley was famous? Because like he wasn't funny at no. all, but he wasn't no. trying to be funny. <laughs> this is, I think, before he started. Um... Like, this was when he was still a serious actor before he foyered into uh, comedy. Comedy with Will yeah, Ferrell. it's kind of like yeah. Leslie Nielsen, right? Okay, did, what was Nielsen that one? To be a, what was that one scene? Was it when he was a cop where he got really riled up and he, and he slipped into his comedic voice for like half a second? Like he kind of went to the. <laughs> I can't. I can't remember which scene it was, but it killed me. It kind of broke his character completely. Oh yeah, he broke his character when they were doing. Um... When he was taking all of their, uh... um, is that the first scene as the cop? I think yeah, it was. I think yeah, it's the, the first scene, the first scene where you see him as a cop. Yeah. Well, not the first scene you see him as a cop. The first scene where he uh, is interacting with Leo uh, as a cop, because yeah. you yeah. see him as the cop beforehand when oh, they're right. walking through the town square and stuff. But it's the scene where he's taking his cut of their stealings. Yeah, and he totally broke character. With the music box, which that also goes absolutely fucking nowhere. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I think I understand where that was supposed to go, but yeah, it was kind of... Please enlighten me, because I have no fucking idea. He he wanted to give it to Cameron Diaz's character, because he brought it to the dance. That's the only thing. Mm. Yeah, I love how he sold out his buddy just because he couldn't get a dance. That was I mean, so predictable. Again, oh, again, yeah. this is no. He no. He sold them out after they f- hate fucked. Well, yes, uh, but like it was one of those. It was like it's like he when um, but like again, Leonardo DiCaprio's character gets off the boat and he's like, oh, he found a guy from the old country or like the old times when he was young. He's like, yeah, I'm the one that helped you in the fight. I'm like. All right, that's the guy. So the only guy who knows who he truly is is going to be the guy who betrays him. Like yeah. before, you know anything that else that happens. Judas, no, yeah, basically, um, and to Brute. But like again, this kind of falls into that same kind of theme where revenge doesn't get you what you want. This this movie is just. <sighs> Everyone raves about Martin Scorsese as an, a director, and I think some of his older work is definitely great. But when he started hit, when he hit about two th- the two thousands, one of the things that I noticed with his films is they just became fucking bro shit. If that makes sense, bro but, shit. Well, it, it's just always the same story. It's always like all about revenge. It, it's like he's working out some weird dude it's fantasy. Like- like the opposite of a rom com, yeah, where it's guys wanting to murder each other. Every every single one of his movies is about guys who just want to kill each other. That's what the movie's about, and it's like there's no reason for it. And it just also is one of those things where normally people who I know who really love this film, not like are like, oh, this is a pretty good film because this movie does have some really cool parts, and I'll get to that in a second here after uh-huh. I rant about how much I hate. Martin Scorsese Martin as Percy. a director at at this point in his career. Early in his career is different. This point, it's like it's where he just became a a toxic guy. Mm. 
every one of his movies is just about crime bosses and how cool they are, but like, you know, how dark it can be, and like men just killing each other for the sake of nothing. Because realistically, there's not a good motivation in any of these characters. Other than revenge for the sake of revenge. I, I said, I just said what I said. Uh-huh. There's not a good motive in any one of these characters because revenge for the sake of revenge is terrible. And I think my biggest problem is he sees that like he Leonardo DiCaprio's character is so hell bound on revenge that the scene where he saves Daniel Day Lewis's character and then kills him in a couple scenes doesn't fucking make sense. No, because right, it doesn't it doesn't make sense because we've seen him grow not only attached to. Uh, Billy the Butcher, but we've seen how Billy not honors his father, and like there is no reason for his character to still try the assassination. Even when he sees that his accomplice in and his out is gone, he still goes for it. He literally has every like the lo- the woman he supposedly loves is trying to get him out of there. He's chasing after her, and he decides to stay. Sees that his exit strategy for his attack is gone. And he still goes through with it? No, I'm sorry, no. Like there, there was no, there was should have been so much more conflict. But there just or internal conflict that we just a don't see on the character because DiCaprio is actually not a great actor. Um, and I, I there I said it and I stand by it. Um, and it's the poor writing and direction because realistically, at that point when he chooses to kill the character. To, or to do an attempt. attempt, he has no fucking reason to. Well, he, hear me out, okay? And I'm going to be a very, very bit of a stretch of the devil's advocate here. But perhaps, if you notice, he waited until a majorly dramatic moment to finally go through it. He had tons of opportunities before that. But I think spending time with Bill gave him this sense of wanting it to be very dramatic like Bill. And the moment the changed. that... And the moment he attempted it was when he was giving, you know, a final toast to the priest on the day that he killed him. He turned it into a holiday, basically. Yeah, because that was his plan from the beginning. Yeah. So he continued with his plan. He didn't change anything about it after talking with Bill. Yeah. With the, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we show all these scenes that show his character should be growing and evolving. And then he just doesn't. Yeah. An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. But that's not even the moral at the end of the movie. Like, when you watch the end of the movie, it's like, oh, shit happened, no one's gonna know our stories. And it's like, we just watched your story. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? As a directorial, like, choice of that line to finish out the movie, it's like, so I just wasted three hours because apparently none of this means shit? Well, it didn't end the the gang wars, did it? <laughs> no, well, we can not. thank the CIA for that. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Or do right? we blame the CIA <laughs> I mean, for that? But but seriously, that's the thing, right? It's like, it it's, oh, God forbid. I'm going to, because I was getting the horrible vibes. Tony, what was that movie with Van Damme that we watched? Quest. The Quest. Yeah, I, I got that vibe from this. It was better than The Quest. but Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because Daniel Day Lewis as this character, I love his character. Oh, absolutely! Mm. I like one of my favorite moments was when uh, Amsterdam, when when Amsterdam 
decided to declare war by re by remaking the dead rabbits by hanging a rabbit pelt in like the paradise square and then down day lewis brings in the cop guy jack mm-hmm. happy jack happy jack and he's like telling him and he starts fucking crying he's like i want you to find the man who killed this poor defenseless rabbit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you understand <laughs> and, and, and just to comment on the fact that uh, John C. Riley's character is called Happy Jack, and he never once smiled like, like John C. Riley. It's an ironic name, like calling somebody like name. that's seven feet tall, three hundred pounds, tiny. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. tiny over there. The the small guy? No, no. It's never the small guy. The small guy is never called tiny. No. No. But like. <sighs> I, I love his performance, and, like, every time he has a line of dialogue, it's just delivered in such a way that I'm like, this character is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I love the fact that he's just reading newspapers constantly. Like, he, <laughs> he could be arsed. Oh, absolutely. He's like the the gathering of all the gangs to for this fucking challenge, a, an official declaration of a battle. Everyone do, does a roll call, and there's fucking Butcher Bell reading the 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 Monday morning edition. Just here <laughs> with his pipe, yeah, <laughs> with his ivory pipe. I love that he also te- in that scene he tests uh, Leo's character. He's like, pistols? he choose weapons, pistols. No pistols. Good boy. <laughs> like it's a test there you can't go play with the mouse traps dumbass the dog like the dog was like basically attacking the the door outside so we brought him in now he's sitting at the other door whining so he can't fucking go put his muzzle into another mouse trap were the dogs watching this movie did they learn something from leo doesn't matter no. how stupid it seems don't walk away just keep going for it <laughs> just because you lost a finger doesn't mean you shouldn't try again but can I just talk a second for the costumes in this movie absolutely fantastic mm. holy fuck I love the costumes especially that intro fight scene yes that intro fight scene when they're like they show up and they all have the blue bands on them and the blue yeah. sashes I'm like I love that aesthetic I just love it across you know the outfits across the film were just done with a clear passion for it. Like the vest. Yes. Oh yeah. The vest that, uh, that bill gets, you know, repaired later on. Oh, that looked stellar on him. <laughs> right. I loved his look. Bill's look with like the bright colored jackets and pants. Mm-hmm. So good. Also that, his, also that his top hat was bigger than every, but everybody else's top hat. Yeah. Yeah. And like just how fucking greasy Bill looks all the time. Like a constant just sweaty, matted down helmet hair. Yep. Oh. There was just so many cool costumes. And even the scene of Liam Neeson as the priest when he's getting dressed and he puts on the collar. Yeah. And it, it's like it's just a um It's like a, a like the that a white dickie. Yeah, like the white pastor's collar, but it was like sewn onto like a a leather Dickie. like neck protector like this is a war priest yep 
And I, his cross is like his fucking a- cross mace. God damn! <laughs> so cool. That man is so metal. Well, and even like the battle getting ready, like John C. Riley actually looks like a badass in that. Oh yeah, like he's got like just fucking rabbit pelts ever. Then there's the crazy lady with claws and gnashed teeth. Like oh, just so cool. And like the buildings and stuff, like like. Like, I love that build-up to that first fight, because we had, like, the the war priest preparing himself to be bathed in war, mm-hmm. and and everywhere he went, he gathered followers to march out into the open, and, like, the underground caverns where everyone flocked to him, the the music and the drums as everyone just saw him and decided... Yeah, we're walking to war with this guy. Where they got their fucking communion, where they say their prayers. They go out to the outside and there's just fucking silence. That's the aesthetic you love, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Religious iconography going into war. I love it. I am absolutely against it, but for an aesthetic, fuck yeah. Incredible. Um, Like, if I could see that's where they spent most of their money. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and like, like stuff, and just like how everybody was dirty, all mm. like, right? Just you could tell that they were living in grime, that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, I think it's time for us to play game number three. Oh boy, <laughs> here we go! All right, so it's time for us to play the Awesome Lodge Word Game. Excellent. <laughs> Oh, it's no. time for us to play the Awesome Lodge word game. Yeah. Uh, so the way this game works is uh, each of you will have two minutes to guess uh, ten movies in a designated category. The uh, Darcy. The Darcy. Hi. The Darcy. The Darcy. He cannot use any of the words in the titles. He cannot use any character names, actor names, or director names. Uh, Brian won the first game. It was a draw on the second game. So, Brian, you get the disadvantage of... You have to go first, but Ryan... Actually, you know what? Because he he won the first game, but to draw on the second, I'm going to give Ryan the ability to choose both people's categories, but Ryan has to go first. Mm. Change that up. Mm. So, the categories we have tonight. Gangster movies. Movies with city in the title. <laughs> movies set during the American Civil War. Movies set in New York. Oh, fuck. And 2002 box office topping movies. I thought you were going to do a Martin Scorsese movie. One. Oh. Fuck that guy, no. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm going to give Brian the one with movies with City in the name. Okay. <laughs> and I will uh, do the ones during the American Revolution. Wow. All right, so the Civil War? Cities. Or, sorry, yes. Is Brian. And the Civil War. Ryan. And Ryan has to go first. Oh, boy. Sorry, so Darcy's giving that uh, list a gander here. Who's going first? You are. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Ryan, are you ready? Sure. Darcy? I was part of the Civil War. 
Number eight? Yep. Is it Predator 2? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Are you ready, Darcy? I'm going to do my best. All right, here we go. Starting in three, <clears throat> two, one, go. The pr- the president at the time. Abraham Lincoln. Or yes. Lincoln. Yes. All right, so it is a man that is, like, out in the prairies, and a group of natives give him the name because they saw him... Yes, is it with wolves? Yes. Um, same kind of idea. Uh, they were large uh, animals that natives cultivated, but, like, were wiped out. Flow. Yes. And then people who fight in wars. Buffalo soldiers? Yes. Um, So we're going to skip that one because I can't think of anything. Uh, Small girls. Little women? Yes. Uh, This is a famous battle during the American Civil War. Uh, It it is Gettysburg. That is Gettysburg. Oh. Uh, So. You you got it. It's Gettysburg. Oh, okay. It's just Gettysburg. Okay. Um. These, these, we're gonna skip number seven. So this describes three different people, and I'm pretty sure this was vampire hunter. No, three different people. Uh, the I'm pretty sure this started the whole. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the like the climax of the movie is these three dudes standing off with guns in their hands, staring at each other. uh, Shit. Dep, da dep, da da. Good, the bad, the ugly. There we yes. go. Uh, when <laughs> you fight, <laughs> when you when you fight for your country, you try to get duh for purple heart. Uh, uh, no, I was trying to get you to Time. say glory. Oh, mm-hmm. like a Hallelujah. hole in a bathroom. Sure. <laughs> What's the name of that hole you find in bathroom stalls? Glory hole. There it is. <laughs> Forgive me for trying to have some tact. <laughs> All right, so Ryan got six. It I'm actually quite happy actually. with that. I'm uh, actually quite happy with that. So yeah, he skipped no, Cold good. Mountain. Those were good clues. Uh, <laughs> Gone with the, the Wind. The Ugly was great. <laughs> and you didn't get Glory there at the end, and then he didn't get to Free State of Jones. Uh, I don't think I ever would have got that one. No, yeah, I don't even know how to figure that one out. All right, so we got some cities, Brian. All right. Uh, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Darcy? Let's try this. All right, here we go, starting in three, two, one, go. So usually when, every, when everyone does something and you follow along, Poser. it's kind of... What? You said when. Oh. Really? Yes, really. Oh, fuck off. When in Rome. Ah. <sighs> Oh, so they're actual cities, not just the word city in the title. Okay. Okay. I feel better. Let's go. <laughs> uh, it is. Uh, what's the capital of Thailand? Fuck. <laughs> it's the joke that you punch somebody in the dick. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Skip it. Next one. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck! It's it's a uh, it's an alliteration. What? Uh, I'm illiterate. <laughs> no. Uh. Uh. Chances what's... are getting better. I know. <laughs> this is going downhill quick. Oh fuck! Well, Tony's losing it. Uh, it's a city in Washington. Uh, the state, not. Uh, what's the <laughs> capital of Washington? Coeur d'Alene, the casino at the Coeur d'Alene. No. Seattle. You said Seattle. That's, That's a city. Yeah, sleepless in Seattle. There we there go. There we go. We got a point. Um, Twelve o'clock at night in the French city. Midnight in Paris. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Chinese immigrant becomes a cowboy. Oh, geez. Um, the stampede in Calgary. <laughs> you have 25 seconds. Um, okay. Um, um, uh, I, <laughs> it's a guy that says, wow, famously. Wow. wow. Uh, Owen Wilson. Yes. Yeah. He's in the movie. Oh, geez. Oh, um, yeah, this is, uh, Shanghai Noon. There we yes. go. Yes! Uh, it was a... Ah, uh, fuck. Time. <laughs> Brian got three points. Uh, uh, I'm pretty Bangkok sure there's a movie called dangerous. Fuck, just saying. <laughs> no, I yeah, was trying... That's not that... a city! <laughs> what? P-H-U-K is not a city? I'm pretty sure there's a city called Fuck. But no, uh, the one that I was trying to get you that everyone lost their shit on was Bangkok Dangerous. Oh, it's Fuck It. That's the city. Fuck it, Thailand. <laughs> Brian doesn't care. All right, Man. the rest of the list was Miami Vice, American Werewolf okay. in London, Battle oh, Los Angeles, Moscow on the Hudson, and Dallas Buyers Club. Okay, well, if it wasn't Escape from New York or Escape from L.A., I probably wouldn't have guessed it. So, <laughs> We've been rambling about this movie, and I don't want to go as long as the runtime of this movie. Oh, thank so, God. <laughs> let's talk about the ending. Uh, yeah, yeah, it ended like three times, and I still think in the theater would have been a better ending. I don't care who died. Um, honestly, I think DiCaprio's character dying would have been a better ending at that point. Agreed. Um, because, like, he set it up. He set it up. He screwed up. He failed. Right? And if, like, he actually would have let, the, let Leonardo uh, Caprio's character, what, Amsterdam, like, bleed to death... Um, Cause that's the whole thing when he was killing the pig, he's like, this is a slow death. This is where you stab mm -hmm. them. Like, I think that would have been a more interesting ending of like, yeah. But I it definitely would game. not have satisfied the ego that was Bill the butcher. Cause even then, uh, no, I think he, I think it totally would have because all of the people there to watch it. Right? No, because he, like he, he had an audience, he had an and audience, he, but like and he, he was prepared for it, so he was. But like he's he like branded him with one of his knives and said, "Yeah, let it be known, this is the one man that Bill the Butcher let live." Yeah, it, well, it was to live in shame. shame. That's why I think it, I, it. I think it would have been better. But I actually I, think he did it to make Leo come back, mm -hmm. um, to kill him. Honestly, because of his own ego, and because that's what technically Leo's father did. Yeah. To him, yeah, right. That is true. That is true. Yes, yes. Like, it was the same treatment. It was the same treatment. He gave he gave Leo the same treatment that Leo's father gave to Billy, or Bill, right? Like yeah. Billy, Billy, Billy the butcher. 
And Bill probably knew full full on well that he was going to come back. I think that's why he started antagonizing him so hard. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think he wanted to push to the same result. And I actually think he wanted to lose. Yeah. Well, like, even then, because, like, he still could have, like, lunged at Amsterdam during that time. But he just sat there and just said, at least I get to die like an American. And then let Leo just fucking stab him. Which is weird, because he didn't get shot in a school. <laughs> no, what would have been great was if it was in the theater, and they got into like a, like a brawl fight or a knife fight. They ended up on stage, and then fucking Leo goes and ties the rope to Bill, and then fucking cuts the weights, pulling down Lincoln, and leaving like Bill hanging up there as he fucking throws his knife with all those knife skills that he couldn't use right. That would have been a good ending. Elaborate, but I like it. Yes, I, All right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to detail a new ending because I, I, I barely made it through it to that point. Like, uh, I think it's time, time for one thing I learned. I already talked about my banana knowledge. I learned a lot about bananas today. It was a little nuts. Uh, Brian, nuts. <laughs> Brian, what's one thing you learned? Um, I learned that, uh, apart from not knowing very much about American history, I didn't realize how far back the gang's concept of New York actually went back in the history of New York. I didn't realize how long that was established. Okay. Ryan, what's one thing you learned? I learned that this movie did way better overseas than I would have expected a movie. I mean, they probably like, they probably like themed it up as like an Irish immigration booster thing. You think all that money was driven by the Irish going to this movie? No, (laughs) no. I'd be curious if there was a global map. Not in the UK. That's for sure. No, (laughs) Uh, Darcy, what's one thing you learned? I mean, I told you. I mean, I kind of told you. I summarized the uh, uh, getting Daniel Day-Lewis out of being a fucking a warm dessert on a summer day. (laughs) Actually, you know what? There's one other thing I learned because of Darcy today uh, that I will share. Uh, It's called The Clown Riots. (laughs) Um, it happened in toronto uh essentially um a bunch of clowns went to a brothel in toronto a circus a traveling circus a traveling circus of clowns um got took their little clown car and they went to a brothel they all piled out uh and then they got into a massive brawl with toronto's fire department so Toronto's fire department decided that they were going to go to the circus and they lit the circus on fire. Uh, and because the police chief and the fire chief were good friends, uh, the police didn't do anything about it. And so the mayor of Toronto fired all of the firemen and all of the policemen and uh, is the whole reason for our very, very modern corrupt police systems. Um, as a side note, uh, the mayor was there and he actually took an axe out of a fireman's hand to stop him from killing one of the clowns. Oh, you didn't tell me that part. I did not tell you that part. I forgot about that until just now. And when but that was kind of the moment just going, what the fuck is going on? You're fired. You're fired. You're all fired. 
I mean, is this why the big comfy couch was canceled? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. She actually died in the fire. All right. Uh, so it's, it's time even for darker than I was going to. I was going to say, if you guys haven't seen, by the way, there was a skit on 22 Minutes that they brought back Lunette. Yes, uh, they the did do clowns, that. And it's amazing. Yeah, she came and redid her character. All right, I'll have to look Where into that because the there's a TikTok cosplayer who does a dirty Luna cosplay. That's actually kind anyway, of disturbing. I feel wrong. It about is. That. It is very, very disturbing. God, how disgusting! Where is that? <laughs> I'll send you links. Yeah. Okay, cool. What is exactly <laughs> that internet address, please, so I can avoid can it. Avoid it entirely. Yeah. Me, me All right, it's time for ratings. We will start off. To ask where can I get a couch that big? <laughs> you know what? That's also true. All right, ratings. We're actually doing this this time. Okay. Um, Ryan, what do you rate this movie out of five, and why? I'm giving it a two and a half. Mostly because uh, being a period piece, I think they did a really amazing job on the sets, on the costumes, on just the aesthetic. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis's character, I think he did a great job with it. The writing was, well, the writing was okay. Actually, I liked part of the a lot of the languages, um, like the different insults. Um, some of them obviously are not aged well, but some of them were kind of interesting. I, none of them aged well. Well, that's true. Um, 90% like, of the insults were just racial slurs. So, but like, just no, like some of the conversation stuff. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. Just how they would talk. Um, yes. Yeah, so obviously the racial slurs were, well, are still used today, unfortunately. Uh, but just a lot of that, the lingo and stuff I found interesting. Um, and then, but like every character, but Daniel Day Lewis and I would say um, John C. Riley was kind of like, "Yep, you're you're just kind of around, and you're still kind of there." And it was extremely predictable in a lot of ways. It actually dragged. the The surprising part is how long it dragged on, uh, more than the actual what was going to happen in the plot. That was kind of the. I would say the thing that knocks the most points off me is yeah, so two and a half. All right. Uh, 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 Brian, out of five and why? All right, real quick. Am I coming through modulated for you guys? Because you're all coming through modulated for me, but I still understand. No. no. Okay. Well, okay. If I'm coming through here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with a, a two and a half there. Um, you know, the production values were definitely there. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis definitely carried this movie, I thought, more than anything. But, uh, you know, where it gained points for, I don't even want to give it for cinematography because some of it was pretty bad, but, uh, you know, the costumes, uh, the set design was pretty good. The special effects uh, that they did, they, it was good. But the storyline, I still can't nail down if it was the fact that they were trying to cover too many areas and they were really loose on it, or if the story was just kind of cobbled together to extend its length. And, uh, I know the common theme we've been talking about here seems to be it could have been compressed without really losing anything. There was a lot of stretched out story elements that really didn't go anywhere. So as much as, you know, it had a lot of potential, the potential was dropped and looking at what it opened up against and considering that, you know, if, if it was in second, that'd be one thing. But in fourth, it kind of showed that the audience of the time had a similar feeling to I think where we're getting to so I'm going to stick with a two and a half on this Darcy put this movie forward uh, I'm going to give it a three and a half 
I did really enjoy the movie. I thought the the fighting, like the fight scenes, were were good. Like Ryan said, the uh, the language used while completely on like it was unacceptable for like uh, the the racial slurs and the discriminatory language towards minorities, but like the conversations between everyone was was really well done um while i don't agree with the pacing of the story that everyone put forward i found it quite enjoyable to watch through the whole thing fair so i give this on par with brian and ryan i give this a 2.5 um for me costuming set deck awesome story lacking severely um does it pass the bechdel test no darcy's thinking about it there's not (laughs) a named a second named character there is it's the uh the woman with the claws who kills people uh the drunker i can't remember her name but she's the only other oh the vampire yeah essentially so it's one of those where it's like it doesn't pass the Bechdel test because those two characters never interact. Um, let alone have a conversation uh, about anything other than her. There's timeline. She's not even. She even in the. Yeah, she's in the future because she's also part of Leo's crew when they uh, go to battle. Um, she's she's just a drunk at that point. They show her a couple times in other seasons. Yeah, oh, like she's she... the one who wanted to open up the thing and then but drank it all. Yeah, that's her. I think she kept adding to that jar of ears that was yeah. sitting next to the keg. Yeah, that's her. The ear scene is her. So anyway, it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing in this, but he's the he only actor Definitely who, the best part of the movie. He is, and he pulls the movie along. If, if you replaced him with anyone else, this movie would be terrible. Because Leo's acting is meh. The story is meh. Um, Cameron Diaz's acting is meh. Like realistically, the only reason this is as good is any decent to watch is anytime he's on screen. He not only steals the scene, but is highly entertaining. Mm. He's the only entertaining bit of about this movie. Any line of dialogue uttered by like the main character is boring and dry. Anything uttered by him is hilarious and awesome. Okay, can someone? I don't know. He's not even a good character with just Bill. And just make it that in the end, he, like, actually kills Leo in that scene. Like, just recut the whole movie, and he'd just be a badass, like, Gaston the whole movie. Yeah. Or recut this movie, and Daniel Day-Lewis <laughs> is the only human, and the rest are Muppets. <gasps> yes, if we Muppetize yeah! this, he would have to be the Muppet. He would have to be the only human. All right, so in total, our score is 11 out of 20, which is 55%. Apparently we did not like this as much as uh, critics or audience normally, but it could also be it's been uh, 20 years. It also, it, yes, it has been 20 years. God so. fucking damn it. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'd like to say a special thank you to my historically correct banana placement, Darcy. Hi. You can place that banana anywhere. <laughs> I'd also like to extend this uh, warm thank you to our oddly specific glass eye. Brian, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go get one of those peach cobblers now. <laughs> also, special thank you to our meat-headed shit sack, Ryan. Hola. 
Ryan, did you just pick that title because of the fact you want me to insult you? He no, actually, I heard it in the thing, cake. and I'm like, ah, oh, that's a pretty good title. <laughs> I wonder <laughs> I if that's in host. there. I've been your host, the Plug Ugly Tony. Good night, internet. Fuck it. Bangkok! Hi there, I hope you enjoyed listening to our show, FlixX Raid. If you liked what you heard, I hope you will subscribe and give us a review on your favorite podcasting app. Also, look for us at www.flixxray.com for more. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the handle at FlixXRaid. And if you like what you heard, why don't you give this podcast a listen as well? Movies are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <coughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet.